Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce cost and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com strange. netsuite.com strange. netsuite.com strange. I'm Laura Norton, and this is One Strange Thing, the show where we search the nation's news archives for stories that can't quite be explained. This week, we start with storms, the serious kind, rolling thunder, torrential rain, wind tearing through tree branches. And then there's the lightning, flashing across skies and striking earth, trees, power lines. Transformers popping and crackling, forest fires. Lightning can do a lot of damage, especially when it strikes people. Being struck by lightning is certainly rare, so much so that we pull out that well-worn comparison when we want to prove how unlikely something else is. But it does happen, and the results can vary incredibly widely. Some victims are left with lasting effects, burns, pain, memory loss, broken bones. Many are knocked unconscious by the initial strike, and that can trigger a heart attack or seizures. According to ABC News, although 9 out of 10 lightning strike victims survive, many need CPR to restart their hearts. We've gotten pretty serious here. Sorry about that. But it's important to express how very dangerous a lightning strike can be. Effects can be long-lasting and debilitating. But that said, not every strike is serious. Some folks do seem to escape unscathed. There are even those who are hit more than once and live to tell the tale. Though scientists have discounted the idea that a person could be a human lightning rod, that is, that they could somehow attract electricity, there are many recorded instances of people who've been struck again and again. Even Martha Stewart, yes, that Martha Stewart, has been hit three times. According to Martha Stewart magazine, she was in her own home on at least two of those occasions. On one occasion, she was washing dishes at her sink during a storm, and lightning struck her well. The electricity traveled up the metal pipes and straight into Martha's soapy hands. 
She told SFGate, quote, The second time I was talking on the telephone and light came through my skylight in Connecticut. Another time I was holding onto a metal stand. I let go and the lightning came back out through my foot. It turns out that Martha believes that she's just one of those people who, quote, attracts electricity and she doesn't care whether scientists agree. But there is one thing that pretty much everyone has reached consensus on. Being struck by lightning is not a pleasant experience. Even if you're not left with permanent damage, you're not going to be looking for a repeat. Not usually, anyway. Which brings us to the story of a man named Edwin Robinson. Edwin, a former long-haul trucker, lived in Falmouth, Maine. His life hadn't been easy. According to the Bangor Daily News, he was in a serious truck accident in 1971. His trailer had jackknifed on icy pavement, and following that accident, he'd suffered lasting physical effects. Most of his troubles seemed to originate from a traumatic head injury. Edwin's skull had gone through the back window of his cab when the truck flipped on the ice. Within months of the crash, Edwin reported that he'd lost most of his vision and his hearing. Per the Daily News, the loss of his sight and hearing had set in gradually in the weeks and months after his crash. Meanwhile, Edwin continued to visit doctors to see about his fainting spells, his weakness, and his terrible headaches. How much of his hearing remained, we don't know. Edwin was never specific in the articles we found. He did report the need for a hearing aid, which he wore at all times. Based on the extent of his injuries, we can assume his life changed significantly. The Daily News reported that Edwin had lost, quote, 50% of his sight, though his ophthalmologist told the Associated Press, quote, he became completely blind. According to the Washington Post, he also had significant numbness in at least one of his hands and could no longer grip a pen in it. After the accident, Edwin spent most of his time at home with his wife. According to the Washington Post, the couple had a son who was in the Marine Corps, and that son had two daughters in the decade that followed his father's accident. Though Edwin and his wife, Doris, communicated with their son and his family, exchanged presents and such, they'd never met their grandchildren in person. Per the Associated Press, they couldn't afford the trip. It's implied that, Due to Edwin's injuries, they lived on a very tight budget. Doris, who used a wheelchair, quote, had an inherited bone disease, which was shared by their son, Lee. The couple was managing, but only just. Like everything else, the situation tied back to the jackknife truck on the ice in 1971. But the trucking accident is not the reason Edwin Robinson made such a splash in Maine local newspapers. Nine years after his truck crashed, Edwin would again be on the receiving end of a sudden, violent event, but with a strikingly different outcome. On June 4, 1980, a thunderstorm passed over Falmouth. Summer storms are always touch and go. The heat and the humidity can whip up some ugly weather. So, to be on the safe side, Edwin figured he'd better go outside and get his pet chicken, Tuck Tuck. You see, Edwin Robinson, he loved that hen. 
According to the Bangor Daily News, he, quote, trained it like a dog and even took it for walks around the neighborhood. He certainly wasn't going to leave Tuk Tuk outside to face a storm alone. He was determined to go outside and rescue her from the downpour. Edwin told the Associated Press, I went around the garage with my aluminum cane. The chicken always comes when I call her. During his search, Edwin walked directly under a poplar tree at just the wrong moment. Or the right one, depending on how you think about it. Because when a bolt of lightning struck the poplar tree, it hit Edwin Robinson too. Edwin told the Associated Press he heard, quote, a snap like a whip. He recalled, when I got under the tree, wham. If I had died, I'd never known the difference. Later, a local doctor who examined him would tell the Bangor Daily News that Edwin's, quote, rubber-soled shoes may have saved his life. Per the Bangor Daily News, Edwin's next clear memory was of lying face down among the puddles in his own backyard. No mention is made of Tuk Tuk at this point, but we have to assume she made it out unscathed. Per the Daily News, Edwin eventually figured out that he'd been unconscious for about 20 minutes. It's unclear why he did not go to the hospital or call an ambulance. Instead, Edwin decided to lie down for a nap. He told the Daily News he felt, quote, weak and dehydrated. Not surprising, considering the strength of the bolt. His son, Lee Robinson, later told Weekend America that the lightning had actually shot through his father's hearing aid. Quote, the connecting wire was burned completely off. A lightning strike is considered especially dangerous for someone like Edwin, who'd already suffered a traumatic injury. He could have easily joined the 10% of lightning strike victims who die after they're hit. But Edwin experienced what's called a side flash rather than a direct hit, meaning that the lightning hit the tree before it made contact with him. The fact that he was able to walk back to the house at all was amazing. And that would have been it, a story of a close call, not so different from Martha Stewart's give or take a Cape Cod mansion or five, except for one strange thing. When Edwin Robinson woke up on that stormy afternoon, he could see. What's more, he could hear, too. According to the Daily News, it took Edwin a little while to realize that the changes had occurred. Per the AP, quote, he first realized something good had happened when he no longer felt a tight band around his head. And, according to the Bangor Daily News, as he looked around his home, it dawned on him that he could, quote, read the plaque on the wall that his granddaughters had sent him, and that he could see the face of the wall clock, though it was, quote, fading in and out. And he reported no trouble hearing his wife, Doris though his hearing aid had been destroyed in the blast. It was at that point that Robinsons decided that they'd better go ahead and make an appointment with their doctor. Per the Daily News, Edwin was seen the very next day. Their family doctor gave him a thorough examination and declared it was, quote, one for the books. Edwin had indeed regained sight and hearing. A Washington Post article gets a little more specific reporting Edwin's vision as, quote, 
25 in the left eye, and 20 to 30 in the right. Though early articles didn't report it, Edwin had not fully regained his peripheral vision after the lightning strike. According to a later interview, he told the Daily News that he had, quote, tunnel vision, so he could see just as long as he was looking straight ahead. As for his other truck accident injuries, the numbness in his hand remained, but Edwin hardly cared. He and Doris were elated. Soon, everyone in town knew about the miraculous lightning strike, including, the Washington Post reported, the Robinson's neighbor's nephew. That young man was himself a journalist. He decided to write up the story, and boy oh boy, did it catch on. Soon, the Robinson's phone was ringing and ringing and ringing. Everyone wanted an interview. In fact, the Daily News covered the Robinson's trip to New York City, paid for by ABC. Edwin and Doris had been invited to appear on Good Morning America, and not alone. The show also sprang for tickets so that their son Lee and his wife and two daughters could come up from Virginia. Edwin, who you'll recall, had never gotten to meet his granddaughters. He was ecstatic. They had a joyful reunion in New York with a big photo running beside the AP article. In it, Edwin wore sunglasses. He said the light made his eyes feel very sensitive, and he grinned, a grandchild tucked under each arm. This is some day, isn't it? The AP reporter quoted him saying, per the Bangor Daily News, the family settled into their hotel rooms for the night. When Edwin woke up, his tunnel vision was gone. He could see everything. What's more, the numbness in his hand, it was gone too. He asked Doris to go get him a pencil. He'd later tell the Good Morning America show hosts, quote, I wrote my first words in nine years. After that, Edwin's popularity exploded. Doris and Edwin had nonstop interviews with papers and TV crews. A Washington Post reporter noted that Lee, their son, was considering managing his father after his own military retirement. During a family interview in Virginia, Lee had to answer the phone multiple times and squeeze in request after request, all while Edwin spoke to reporters in the backyard. Per the Post, the National Enquirer was offering $750, which is about $2,300 in today's money, for an exclusive interview. And the miracles seemed to keep coming. A few weeks after the strike, Doris noticed that Edwin had begun to grow hair. The odd thing about this was that Edwin had been totally bald for years. But according to the Daily News, there it was. New hair growing in on his scalp. The reporter who covered the story mused that middle-aged men might be seen out in thunderstorms, courting lightning strikes. He advised against it. Have you ever wondered what it feels like to be attacked by an alligator? Or what goes through one's mind as they're stranded in a snowstorm? What Was That Like is the podcast for you. Real people come on every episode to explain the unbelievable situations they've been through. Guests share how they really felt during their most surreal experiences. They tell us what they did the morning before an earthquake, how it feels to win The Price is Right, 
and all sorts of details that you'd never learn anywhere else. If you're interested in hearing disturbing and inspiring firsthand stories, What Was That Like is the podcast you've been looking for. Every story is thoroughly researched and fact-checked, so you know that even the most unrealistic are someone's reality. Listen to What Was That Like wherever you get your podcasts. For all of Edwin's popularity, he did have his critics. Or perhaps that's not the right word. Everyone believed that Edwin had not seen or heard, and then did see and hear. The thing was, they didn't believe the lightning had done it. At least, not in the way that Edwin understood it. Per the Bangor Daily News, a number of doctors weighed in on his case. Now, they hadn't actually examined Edwin, but they agreed that what he described wouldn't be possible. The Boston Globe and Portland Express spoke with various experts, and they all had pretty much the same opinion. What Edwin had been cured of was called, quote, hysterical blindness. What's hysterical blindness? Adding that tag to anything basically means that, while real for the sufferer, the cause is psychological rather than physiological. According to the Daily News, in Edwin's case, it was hypothesized that the shock and trauma of the truck accident had caused the loss of his sight. Dr. George Garcia of Harvard Medical School was asked to weigh in. Dr. Garcia was a big deal at the time, president-elect of the American Ophthalmological Society. When asked about Edwin's case, Dr. Garcia said, quote, a person who has had this difficulty could come out of it at any time. Further, Dr. Garcia argued that there was no way electricity could repair damaged eyes. Robinson's own ophthalmologist, Dr. Moulton, tried to avoid interviews. When he was finally pinned down, he seemed to have ever-shifting opinions. He first told the Associated Press, quote, There is no question but that his vision is back. He can't move his eyes, but his central vision is back. I can't explain it. I don't know who can. I know some of my peers in Washington maybe will say it's hysterical blindness. I can't see it. It couldn't have lasted this long. From the physical findings originally, he was definitely blind. But then, at a later date, Dr. Moulton apparently agreed that, quote, hysterical blindness was the most likely explanation. However, he told the Daily News that Edwin was, quote, no less blind because of that diagnosis. And that's the important bit. Whatever the cause, Edwin Robinson could not see or hear. And then, with a single bolt, he could. As for Edwin, he was unfazed by these comments. He told the Daily News that, quote, I never felt better in my life than I feel now. Nearly all of his physical symptoms from the truck accident were gone. The excitement about Edwin's story died down some. But unlike so many other miracles that have hit the news cycle, no one ever precisely debunked Edwin's story. Whether or not his blindness was psychological or physiological, all the doctors seemed to agree that the lightning strike was related to his restored senses. They just couldn't pin down how. After the initial hubbub, 
There were a few more articles that updated readers on Edwin's life. The first, sadly, concerned Tuck Tuck the chicken. On June 3rd, 1981, just one day before the one-year anniversary of the lightning strike, Edwin went outside to take Tuck Tuck for her walk. There, he discovered that a weasel had gotten into her cage and killed her. He told the Daily News that Tuck Tuck, who he'd hand-fed and treated more like a dog, was, quote, one in a million. Quote, she used to fly up into my hands. She'd follow me around like a puppy. To be honest, this article was a real downer. We probably shouldn't have told you about it. The second update came four years after the strike. Lee Robinson had apparently never gotten to manage his father because, according to the Bangor Daily News, the Robinsons had never seen any real money come in from their story. They'd been offered the chance to sell their life rights for a television show, but were concerned that Hollywood just wouldn't get it right. Doris told reporters, quote, The contract said they could do anything with it. The Robinsons didn't like the idea of dismissing the nine years before when Edwin had learned to read Braille and the life he'd lived as something to be skimmed over. It was as important as everything that came after. Doris said that they still got, quote, occasional letters from well-wishers and the curious, and that sometimes Edwin received speaking requests. How the Robinsons decided to answer those calls, those letters she didn't say. After all, Edwin always seemed to accept his experience for what it was, a surprise. Maybe a miracle, if that's the word you prefer. In 1980, he told Good Morning America, quote, I've got so much energy, I'm right full of it. I'm all recharged now, literally. I feel about 18 years old. And according to the Associated Press, he made good use of that new lease on life. He went back to work, bagging groceries, and spent his free time riding scooters and motorcycles. When Edwin died in 2001, at the age of 83, his passing was written up in the Sunday Telegraph. The journalist described Edwin, lover of chickens, proud grandfather, and lightning strike survivor with the phrase, quote, a positive charge. We think that, as far as epitaphs go, that one's, well, shockingly good. We hope you'll join us next time for another real-life story from the fine print of America's local papers. From the lives of regular people, just like you and me, except for one strange thing. Oh, and strangers. One Strange Thing is an entirely independent production. To support the show and to hear more of the entirely true and enticingly peculiar, join us over on Patreon. There you'll get ad-free early releases of our regular episodes, plus a full-length bonus episode every month, and plenty of other fun content. We hope you'll check it out. Please stay tuned for a moment to hear a promo from one of our favorite shows. We hope you'll give them a listen.
it turned to me and it had no face. A twisted human figure crawling like a spider. And then all we hear is the creaking of that door. I dismissed it as a dream. You know when you can just feel something is hovering right behind you. They could see us, but we couldn't see them. Hello, believers, non-believers, and everyone in between. I'm Sapphire Sindalo. As a Filipino-American who's been obsessed with the supernatural my entire life, I've always been disappointed by the lack of diversity in the paranormal community. So I created Stories with Sapphire, an award-winning podcast that is on a mission to share more multicultural stories about ghosts, folklore, and spirituality from an empathetic point of view. Even if you're not a believer, I hope my show inspires you to look at the world a little differently. New episodes every other Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. And in between those weeks, I release a spooky animated video on my YouTube channel. Head over to storieswithsapphire.com for more information. That's Sapphire, S-A-P-P-H-I-R-E. Salamat and good night. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.